You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. I've torn myself away from Germany versus Japan in the World Cup in, in Qatar in order to speak to Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investment. And of course, it's Wayne on Wednesday. Um, Wayne, I know, you'd be ter- I know you're doing a, a, a fine job there by also, you're probably watching it in the background, but... Um, I, no, I think, no, no, no. No, I know you're not. Footy's, you, footy's not my big thing. No, it's not. Well, no sport is. It's cars and markets and, and, and food, which we'll talk about no, later. And rugby, and rugby. I, I look at a bit, I, 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 I follow rugby. The only reason you like rugby is because you're forced to do so by your partner, the world's greatest rugby by fan. By the world's biggest rugby fan, yes, quite. Quite, quite right, but it's, we have a lot of fun together watching that. Sure the dog do. doesn't like it. The dog doesn't like it. Okay. It's not used to these sudden exclamations and shouts and laughter and screams and shouting at the ref. The dog doesn't like it. Okay. So the dog normally goes to a quiet spot when there's rugby on. Good for him. I applaud him. And he eats broccoli as well, which is fantastic. He eats broccoli. He loves, I love he your loves dog. broccoli. I love your dog. Anyway, we, we, no, he's a sweet boy. We're already getting yeah. off um, getting off subject here. Off market, yeah. Yeah, let's have a look here. And um, Grindrod Shipping came out with a, um, an announcement this morning, and the share price promptly fell. I mean, it's down around about 23% as we pre-recorded this podcast. What do you know about Grindrod Shipping and this voluntary cash offer? What, what's going on there? Well, look, to be honest, I'm not 100% up to date. I haven't read today's announcement. I did look at all the news, but I somehow missed, missed this one. Um, they are selling out... The whole of Grindrod shipping, and yeah, I must admit, I, I I actually don't know what 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 went wrong there today. Well, it's obviously to the fact that the thing is not as high as the prevailing share price, so so they whacked it down. I mean, I haven't read it either, but I saw it, and then I saw it again, and it doesn't say it's been cancelled. I first thought at first I thought that the cash offer had been withdrawn by this company called Fulkirk, which is a, a subsidiary of a shareholder of Grindrod shipping. And it just doesn't make sense. And I was hoping you'd be able to enlighten me. But let's, let's, no, pa- Lindsay, no, let's pass on that one. Unfortunately, I'll have, to, I'll have to investigate that one. I don't know enough about it. Naspers and Process came out. They came mm. out rather early. They normally come out once Hong Kong is closed, about 11 o'clock South African time. But today it came out early. What did you make of those numbers? Well, look, they came out yesterday, but at quarter past five or something, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, look, sorry, this morning it's... The market, the, well, look, I might be wrong, but, but it, it doesn't matter. They did give us a trading update a couple of days ago yeah. and warned us about the earnings decline. But when you look at the share price, you realize the market was anticipating this. I mean, everyone knows what happened to Tencent. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they say the e-commerce side is down and all of this, but... NASPAS and Process both boil down to is there massive and continuing investment into food delivery going to work, yes or no? Mm. I think it's going to work, but there's a great deal of uncertainty around that. There really is. Because they're pushing a lot of money into it. And I'm very happy they could back out of two deals. I mean, they backed out of, was it just eat? Just Some eat. other guy yes. you know, won that competition, and I bet they were severely regretting it because they bought that right at the top. And then there was also a couple of months ago some other deal that didn't work out or the conditions precedent weren't met or something like that. But today they announced they're putting another just over $1 billion in buying out the minorities in another company. So as I said, I think it's going to work, but that's the big question in process and nice pass. But just to come back to the earnings, 
I mean, when, I know they use normalized earnings, and I know they give this concept of core earnings and all of that. But when you look at the headline earnings, where there are many, I suppose you can call them regulations as to how you report headline earnings, I mean, it's either halved or it disappeared. Eh? Why? Because of ten cents. Because the e-commerce slowed down, and ten cent, and all of these things continued investments into other businesses, um, a, a shortfall in the income from associates. I mean, this is still at the end of the day a tech company, eh? Mm. investing into new business fields that as yet haven't proven themselves per se. And when you think of what, but as I said, when you think of what the share prices have done, market wasn't really surprised by these numbers. Talking about the, the food delivery service, which can be expanded into other delivery services, it starts as food and then it goes off and does something else. Like a company will say, this is our core product. Wait a second, we can bolt things onto this. And um, because of what That's we're doing in this particular idea. food, yeah. But is it a multi-billion dollar investment? Does it, does it, is it worthy of that type of money, the type of money that well, Nespers Process has put into it? Because it seems to me time will tell. There's, not a lot of, there's not a lot of barriers to entry to this. I mean, I would, I've always said, I once said to my daughter, set yourself up with a, with a few bikes and a few friends and just focus on the area in which you live in Parkhurst in, in Johannesburg and go to a few yeah. restaurants and do it like that. Immediately, they're, they're a food delivery business. I mean, it never mm. happened, of course, but you get my point. It's not as if yeah. it's an ASML or something no. like that where you have to uh, invest in capital and uh, intellectual capital no, and all no, that sort of very, thing. There's very, there's very little startup costs and there's very few barriers to entry. Exactly. But there's still one big issue. What's that? You've got to get volume to make money. Yeah. You have got to get serious volume because if a person's buying, let's say we at home, once a week we normally get takeaways and you're buying let's say 120 rand per dish each of us okay so it's 240 rand you're not paying anything more than 40 rand to have that delivered you're not paying 100 rand to have that delivered you're just not no. so you have got to get volume to make money and as you correctly said i think the big reason why they naspas and process are going into this food delivery is it only works on six till eight at night time and maybe a bit at lunchtime. The rest of the day, the whole system sits idle. So if you could use that to deliver other stuff during the idle hours, the infrastructure's there, the system's there, the, the, the technology's there, the drivers are there, the cars and the motorbikes are there. They're just idle. So if you can consolidate that market and then start delivering in the down hours, you know, I mean, that, that profit falls straight to the bottom line, but it's still got to be proven. I mean, you're taking on big distribution chains already that are well established that do those deliveries during the, let's call it working hours. Yes. So there's, there's big competition here. I mean, when I, I order for my motor cars, I order a lot of stuff from overseas. Yeah. And there's some firmly entrenched, seriously large players in that market. I don't know what people get delivered. I mean, I get food delivered because I'm lazy or because the weather's awful, which it is at the moment. So I, I phone them up and they deliver me something. And um, I think something that I ordered um, today was 35 euros. And there was a 3 euro 89 surcharge on that. How some can of, you make... 
How can you make money on three euros eighty nine? Well, exactly. And some of that goes to the delivery checkers. Checkers, hmm. yeah. Checkers, checkers is working extreme, extremely well because they've got volume, but they charge you thirty five rand delivery charge, hmm. and they get it to you in sixty in under sixty minutes. I mean, literally. I mean, other than ordering checkers at home at my at at my garage, literally, if we use the last milk at tea time. I can order more milk and any stuff I need, and it's there before the lunchtime lunchtime cup of coffee. That's how efficient it is. Previously, I would have to either walk across the road to the garage, heaven forbid, and buy some milk that had buy some milk that was probably already past its expiry date, mm-hmm. or get in my car and go to the supermarket. Whereas now I can just go on the app. I can push my orders, repeat order, blah blah blah. It's done in 20 seconds, and within an hour, there's a little scooter at the gate there. But it's actually, it's actually, it it's just actually seems quite very, I, very I get, fine margins to me, uh, Wayne. Yeah. And what do people order during the day? I mean, you order long term. You order motor motor spares for your for, your, for spares, your, yeah. your for your for your motor cars. Um, but during the day, most people say, oh, "Goodness me, I've run out of milk or something." In the Netherlands, you, you have to accumulate. You have to get about a thirty-five, anything between thirty and fifty euros order together in order for you to get free delivery, uh, so-called free delivery. There's nothing free. Yeah. But well, during the day, what yeah. do you what do you do? You're not going to you know, the Uber Eats or whatever Naspers or process company in in South Africa um, uh, says. Now, okay, a lot of stuff. I mean, it's already done. On- yeah, no, that, that's what I'm saying is that there's huge, huge competition in this market. Yeah. But if you take retail sales, depending on what country you're in, you know, anywhere between 15 and 30% of all sales is done online now with delivery. Mm. And that's not going down. I don't think it's going to take over. You know, I think people still fundamentally like shopping, even though I don't. Um, but uh, it's only going to go up for the next, for the next while. So that's the market they want to tap into in there. But, you know, the, the, the problem is, is the race to the bottom because all you can compete on essentially is price. You know, that's it. You've got to be cheaper. That's why people might use you. But, I mean, it's phenomenal. You know, I used to spend at least a day a week riding around the greater Gauteng area, dropping off pieces and picking up pieces for motor cars. Yeah. Now I just send Uber Collect. Oh, it's it? cheaper. Oh, really? It okay. doesn't take it doesn't take any of my time, and I send Uber Collect, and they go and pick it up, and they come and drop it off, and it's so convenient. I, I don't get in my car and drive around the place anymore, well, especially said, with the you, traffic you, and load. You, you say it's cheaper, which means again, it comes back to my margin issue. How are they making yeah, money where's out the margin? of this? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can get stuff delivered to Kaya Sands, which is in Randburg, mm. from all the way from a place near the airport. For 80 rand, I mean, forget my time, it would cost me more than 80 rand's petrol to get there and back. Yeah, and also you get frustrated because there's an accident or it's a rush hour or something. Or it's a load shedding and yeah, all exactly. this sort of stuff. All yeah. that rubbish. Okay. Because now you're, now you're living in the Nederlande. I am. You don't understand this load shedding. I mean, you want to throw a party <laughs> when you wake up in the morning and you got electricity. You literally want to throw a party. 
Wayne, I left South Africa um, six years ago and load shedding was a part of my life, so I do understand it. As I've said before, if yeah. I wanted to watch a football but match, or, uh, now, yeah, eh? just, just think of your, your partner. Imagine if she's looking forward to the Springboks against England and suddenly, no, in I've, your part of the world... I've sorted that out. Yes, I'm sure I've you have. Sorted that but out. the point is, I would have to drive to another area that wasn't subject to load shedding at the time. It's an inconvenience, first of all, and that's a frivolous example, but as we've said before... The poor small business owner and uh, the big bigger business owner that's had to install generators and that sort of thing, mm. it's unacceptable. Yeah, but look, just, just uh, I read a very interesting article today. You know, justifiably so, the current ESCO management say it's the years and years and years of neglect, and I get that. Mm. But I read an article that, that gave the latest 20 problems at Eskom as to why are we in these heavy, continuous stages of load shedding. And all of these things happened since uh, the new management took over at Eskimo. You know, that one chap moving the valve the wrong way or the <laughs> conveyor breaking down. But, you know, it's, it's really, it's actually quite a shocker that one person can turn a valve the wrong way and contaminate the water that shouldn't be contaminated. And we go into stage four load shedding. One person or one conveyor belt catches fire or one explosion somewhere. You know, it just shows you how precarious the situation is. Yeah. And now, of course, I think they're playing politics by saying, hey, we've used our budget for diesel, so we're not buying anymore. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens, you've got to get diesel. So I, I, I actually think they're playing politics now because you just got to get diesel because diesel, you know, takes you down two levels of load shedding if you've got your open cycle generators working. All right. Uh, so what's the what's the verdict then? NASPES process. It's going to work, you said. It's going to work. But I how well will it work? You think it's cheap? Both of them. Years, Tom. Really? I All think right. they're both cheap, yeah. Are you buying? Yeah. That's all I need to know. Okay, Telcom, they came out with their results and also the chairman resigned and non-executive director. Um, uh, what's his name? Selo Moloko, I think it is. Um, yeah, Selo, was, Selo is such a good chap. I mean... Yeah, that's a great loss to Telcom, to be honest. Mm. Was he pushed he's or did he, did he jump? Man. I don't know. But he's a highly, highly competent man. But just to come back to Telcom, it's the same as South Sea. These smaller players just cannot compete. They cannot compete. The capex involved is just way beyond their means. And if you haven't got the capex, it means you've got to share networks with one of the other two big players. And the moment you share network, you make no margin. You just don't make a margin. So I was very disappointed that the deal with Telcom fell through because I think that's the only real answer for Telcom. You know, they spoke in their results of, you know, returning capital to shareholders is their number one priority, but they're on a dividend suspension policy. And I can't see that changing because they just chew cash trying to stay competitive and invest in CapEx. But part of their businesses are doing okay. But, I mean, even in these results, they had no real subscriber growth in, in the cell phone side, eh? No, nothing. You, know, you just cannot compete. You actually, as far as telecom and South Sea is concerned, especially South Sea, you're actually throwing good money off the bad money hmm. because this is so capital-intensive you have to be the big gorilla in the room. You can't be a small person and try 
try and compete in this market. That is just impossible because once again, it's a race to the bottom. And also, Wayne, it's, it's the fact that uh, private companies, I mean, like MTN and Telcom, uh, MTN is a private company. Okay, it's it's got a few encumbrances, occasionally yeah, admin and uh, bureaucracy and things like that. But it is essentially a private yep. global company that has innovation. It's got the money to innovate. And the reason it's buying Telcom or wanted to buy Telcom was because of the infrastructure. And it could expand its yes. own network th- through that. Yep. Telcom can't survive alone because it's a dinosaur, essentially. No, to a certain extent, although the fixed line part of the business is so small nowadays, mm. essentially they can't compete. They've got 10% of the market, but unfortunately of that 10%, they only carry 2 or 3% of that on their own network. The other 7%, they've got to share the revenue with either MTN or, or Vodacom, depending on which partner they're with at any particular stage, and your margin just disappears. So it's, it's, it's actually a flawed business model. You cannot compete man the capital the capex is just too massive to expand your own network and the government can't you support money, it yeah. you you make you make money make no mistake you make money if people use your own network because once you spend the capital expenditure you know your running costs are fairly low but then just to exacerbate the situation hey we're going to 5g soon eh? now i don't know the difference between 3g and 5g Not but all i know is and LTE and all of these other ADSL, I've got no clue what, what they all mean. But mm. what I do know is, is that the CapEx for 5G is way more than the CapEx has ever been before for 3G or 4G, because you literally got to have more towers to give the necessary coverage, quality, speed of transmission, all of these things. So, you know, and only the big guys can actually afford this. And of course, justifiably so, and even though telecom even though all the players might disagree, I think justifiably so, the government wants to get the cost of data down because that's for the benefit of everyone. Okay. You know, so you even regulated in that respect. Yeah, okay. Telcom, I've, I've been dubious, dubious of it for a while. It was at one stage below 20 rand a share. It was at one stage yeah. quite recently above 50 rand a share. I still think it's going to go back somewhere between uh, – 20 and 25, something like Unless that. Unless a deal comes, because they have got assets there. There are assets there. Yeah. But even if even if Rain makes a deal, I mean, Rain's got some big buyers, big people behind him with lots of cash, but not the cash to compete to roll out your own network there. Not multi-billions, in other words. No, hundreds of billions. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, Wayne, let's uh, move on to one other thing uh, before we get on to the important matter of um, uh, our daily bread. Food, in other words. Mm. I thought of thee the other day, and I thought about you again this afternoon, and that was because of your prediction, your outlandish prediction earlier on this year to say that, you know, when inflation was rising from 8 to 9 to 10% in various different countries, you said, no, it's going to be down, it's going to collapse next year. And he says, the oil pr- you said, the oil price can't do this and it can't do that. In order for this level of inflation to be maintained, oil has to do this. And I thought the other day when the oil price fell 5%, I thought Wayne McCurry. Yeah. And today, I'm thinking Wayne McCurry again. Brent crude oil, $85.23, down 3.5%. Yeah. West Texas crude, $77.78, down nearly yeah, 4%. And this is yeah, now I a full-blown bear market. This is a full-blown yeah, bear market. Going to the 70s or the 60s. 60s, yeah. You'll be heading for a global slowdown. Nothing yeah. sorts out high prices like a global slowdown stroke recession, eh? Yeah. Nothing sorts it out as, as quickly. And wage inflation. Yes. 
But that's one of the reasons why I'm optimistic in the, in the medium term, because interest rates are going to fall rapidly the end of next year, beginning of 2024 as well, on the back of the rapid fall in inflation. Well, all I can say is that you're quite right. And the energy complex, apart from natural gas, which today is up just over 10 percent, the energy complex yeah, but that's a is in a full blown bear market from 100. Correct, yes. It peaked at 139 on one brief yeah. tick in, in on, on one morning in the Far East, but it messed around between 120 and 125 for ages. It's now 85. It's 30, 35 percent weaker. And, it's, and I think uh, it's going into the 70s. It's going to be 50% weaker, not, not too soon. Exactly. Okay, tell me about food, Wayne. I'll tell you mine because you've yes. got lots of things that you're excited about telling me. I can feel you drooling at the moment. Um, yes. The, uh, I've, I've cancelled my Christmas turkey from Poland. I don't want a Polish turkey. There's nothing against Polish turkeys, but it's going to have to be refrigerated and come on a truck. And the, my, carbon footprint, my, my carbon footprint will go through the roof. Oh. And so what I'm doing is... I'm driving to Rotterdam to my favourite Indian restaurant because there's not one in Middleburg, which is my current place of residence. I am going to drive on the 23rd to get a big bag of good curry takeaways because they keep and you can eat no, them. No, there's nothing wrong with that. That is going to be my Christmas dinner. I'm going to because you know the, the, the curry is the national dish of, of of Britain, which is the place where I was born. Yeah. So I'm going to have. In, in celebration of the birth of um, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ, um, I'm going to um, I'm going to have curry. Yeah, curry. yeah, very good. Nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Good. Thank okay, you very my much. One, my one food story, which I've just literally finished within the last two hours or so, oh, yeah. is I went to a restaurant in Pretoria at the Pretoria Country Club called Blue Saffron. Look at you. Now, it has been there forever. And a few things about Blue Saffron. I don't know who's in charge of their music, but it was music from my youth. I mean, I haven't heard such concentrated Phil Collins for 20 years. So I don't know who their music their music person is there, but they should maybe just possibly think about up, upgrading the music. You know, uh, yeah, Phil Collins was maybe maybe 30 years ago. But besides and that, the rest, they had they had one of my favourite dishes of all time there. They had creamy biltong and mushroom soup. Ah. Now, if no one's had that before, especially at Blue Saffron, I thoroughly recommend they go there. It is too delicious for words. How often do you get it a medical checkup, the... Wayne? How often do you get a medical checkup? I go often. And? I actually go often. I am in prime health here. I've got no I'm, – I'm, I'm lucky it's all genes because it, it ain't lifestyle. But no, I've not with creamy no mushroom and, and, and built-on soup. And um, nickies. I've got, I, I'm, I'm extremely lucky. As I said, it's all genetics. Mm. I am extremely lucky. I have no health concerns at all. Hopefully that continues, but I've got no health concerns. And then I had a fillet steak with creamy Dijon mustard sauce. <laughs> and it was absolutely too delicious for this. Okay, so you're one but of these sort of invincible people, Wayne. You, okay, the, the two dishes lucky, you've yes. yeah, yeah, a great big steak. Okay, now steak yes. on its on on its own, I, I think it is a good thing, and it's good. For, it's full of iron and protein and uh, a few yeah. other essential things, which is good. But you cover it in that word cream, creamy Dijon mustard creamy sauce. That's the Dijon first thing. Dijon mustard sauce. Whenever you have a vegetable, fact, you'll actually, say, actually, yeah. 
No, there were no veggies there. there it was no, they, but they, what they, I'm they, saying is they weren't even... You, you, the only way you'll eat a vegetable is if it's smothered in a cheese sauce or a white sauce. Correct, yeah. And what's wrong with that? Well, according to your genes, absolutely nothing. It's delicious absolutely and everything. Absolutely nothing, yeah. Hmm. Okay, but then the you have thing, the biltong and creamy bought, soup. They bought <laughs> creamy biltong and mushroom creamy soup with a little bit of, I think it was parmesan cheese on the top. Yeah. Wow. So I had to give up. I mean, I've got to actually work every now and again. Oh, yeah. So I, I was there on a work function, and I had to get up and give a little talk, you know, about things like markets and stuff like Boring. that. So mm. I spoke for 10 minutes, but there was still – I'd only finished half my soup. And the, 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 the waiter, waitresses, waiters came in to clear the – because I spoke between starters and main course. Mm. They came in to clear the table because everyone had finished their starters. Yes. So I had to interrupt my presentation by – telling the, 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 the waitress not to remove my half-full bowl of biltong and mushroom soup. Or to go and heat it up, maybe. I mean, just and then I keep it warm. On, and then I carried on with my presentation after that. Yeah, you've got and to get your priorities right. Yeah, the other food story, and I must apologize for not taking a photograph and sending it to you oh, as a host. Yeah, you did promise me last was Friday, my last Wednesday. Curry buffet mm. at the Oyster Box in Schlanger last Wednesday. Mm. That was delicious. What did you have? They had a prawn masala, mm. and they had a chicken korma and a paneer korma out of this world. I mean, it costs a fortune, make no mistake. Tell me, is it 550, 600 these days? Yeah, 600, yeah. But, it's, but at the end of the day, as long as you're not doing it every week, it's worth the money. And what do you have with it? Do you have, uh, obviously, papadoms, you're munching away there, and, 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 and I'm, I'm naan not, bread I'm as well? Huge, I, I quite like papadoms. I like the naan bread and the parantha bread. I like the, 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 the breads. I'm not, I mean, I try papadoms, but I, if there's, a, if there's a, a garlic naan or a parantha or some other bread there, I'd rather have that than, than a papadom. And you won't have like a, a panek, uh, what's that thing, the, the paneer, you know, that, that spinach and uh, cheese. In, Indian cheese. Oh, no, you... I love, I, I don't have the spinach, but I, I have a lot of paneer, but just a paneer curry, a paneer korma or, mm. or something like that. I actually love paneer. It's the one, it's the one time when I'm faced, when, when I make a decision, I'll often order paneer curry rather than a, a chicken or a lamb curry. I'd rather have the paneer. It is truly, well, especially this one, it, it, it was delicious. Because paneer, paneer has a fairly neutral taste to it. So in other words, it's the curry sauce that surrounds it that you actually taste. Mm. But the texture is so nice. It is, actually. It's, 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 it, doesn't, it, it doesn't sort of crumble away. It's, it, it's firm, isn't no, it? No, it's very nice. Mm, it's yeah. lovely. I've, I've, one thing I will say, that you like things creamy, don't you? You like your cream. You like your creamy sauces. I, I, and... like, I like cream, but I don't like sloppy foods. Like, I'm not into cottage pie and, and lamb on the shank. And I, I don't like sloppy foods. I'm not really into, you know, spaghetti bolognese. And I like something that's either crispy or has got a bit of texture to it. Okay. I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not a mushy food. Like I don't really I don't like mashed potatoes and stuff like that. I'm not a, a sloppy a mushy food type of person. Well, all I can say is, given the last uh, few minutes of, of of chatting to you, Wayne, and given the fact that you go for regular checkups, I'm I'm amazed. You are you're, you're almost invincible. You're like some kind of superhero that can eat uh, anything. And also, no, I'm, no, no. and I'm not being personal here. You smoke as well. Yes. 
And yet your your health is perfectly perfectly fine. In fact, uh, for a well, man so of your far, age, yeah. uh, you you are inappropriately fit. Yes, but as I said, it's all genetics. It's not it's not a lifestyle thing. Well, whatever reason it is. So I was most blessed by by my 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 my, my parents in passing on very resilient genes. Hmm. Excellent. Well, hopefully your children have been blessed with those genes. You're going to see them over Christmas and uh, we'll speak yes. before then. But uh, jolly good. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.